0: When you're an entrepreneur with a great idea, it can be daunting to find funding. Startup Raven takes the process out of your hands by helping entrepreneurs connect and learn about potential investors all in one place, without any long-filled forms or thousand questions. Sign up for early access at StartupRaven.com. Welcome to StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene
1: with news,
0: interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany. We have today Niels here, who is the part of the team of Immer. App, uh, literally translated always dot app. Um, which is the winner of the content shift accelerator program 2022, which we cooperate with and track since 2017. If you go down here in the show notes on our medium blog, you'll find interviews with all the winners since 2017. Enough said about that. Niels, hey, how you doing?
1: I'm great, thanks.
0: Welcome to our interview. We 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 already teased it. Um, you guys have been in the Content Shift Accelerator program, and you have a German name, Emma App. Um, but 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 you're Dutch, right? How 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 did this happen? Before we get into anything else, <laughs>
1: uh, actually, it's it's. Kind of simple on the side of the German part, the word immer is also a Dutch word, same meaning, basically same word. It's a bit old fashioned in the Netherlands. So if you use the word in, in the Netherlands, the people, younger people are like, hmm, what are you saying? I think it's a more common word in, in German. Mm-hmm. Um, also it is the beginning of the word immersion. So we try to immerse you deeper in stories, in books. Uh, so this is why I think it works very well in English uh, uh, too. So uh, yeah, that's where the name comes from.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I've been looking through your LinkedIn profile and I can tell, uh, there it says, write an entrepreneur. What are you writing, Niels? Uh,
1: I'm not writing, uh, like today, I'm not writing as much as I'd like. Um, I did write a lot in the past. I wrote a bunch of novels, lots of journalism. And I think, uh, uh, relevantly for what we do at Emmer, uh, I worked as a writer for video games as well. So I'm like, I see myself as this guy kind of bridging different worlds, publishing game technology, uh, the art of literature, uh, and, and kind of make my own thing out of that. I'd love to write another novel, but with a startup, it's, there's not enough hours in a day to, to do that.
0: Maybe if you wouldn't need to sleep, there would be an option. Um,
1: that would be fantastic. <laughs> if, do you know of any startups who are working on that, like not needing any sleep? I'd, uh, I'd sign up.
0: I think all all Although founders want sleeping. to have that. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> totally. It. Um, I've seen you. You've been doing a lot before. Um, online marketer advisor, and then you ended up at Immo. Can you take us? through your journey, your entrepreneurial journey, uh, your jobs, what you did and how you ended up with um, being the co-founder and CEO of Immer.
1: Sure. Uh, So I was a huge gamer in high school. And when I finished high school, I was uh, running this website about my favorite video game. It was quite successful. It was kind of early days on the internet. And I was like, let's just start a company. There were no publications about games in the Netherlands on the internet. So I started a media company publishing uh, websites early on, but also magazines later on. Um, in the big bubble bursting moment of 2001, uh, that ended. And I was like, oh, this!" It, it was kind of a traumatic experience. I was really young. Uh, It all happened very fast. Uh, We had a lot of people on the payroll, but no revenue. So it was all over very fast. I did discover through all of this that I loved writing. So on the side, I was writing my first novel. I was uh, having all these scoops and great contacts with games companies. So I started this career of writing creatively on one side, doing a lot of journalism on the other side, Uh, wrote for dozens of publications, uh, among uh, which was uh, one of the big uh, daily newspapers in the Netherlands that I wrote for, for, I think, 10 years about video games, like kind of bringing video games to a broader audience, trying to write about it in a serious way. And uh, at that period of time, a lot of games companies, like development companies, were popping up in the Netherlands. So I was interviewing them for the newspaper. Uh, they knew I was writing novels as well, so they kind of said, uh, "Oh, actually, we need somebody to write stories to come up with stories for our games. Can't you that do do? Can't you do that for us?" Uh, so that's how I kind of rolled into that whole thing, and and I loved what I saw there. It's kind of, I guess, quite similar to startup culture to how a lot of startups run. But for me, it was very surprising, like. I was used to the publishing world where you write on your novel uh, by yourself and maybe work with an editor. And these game companies, they were taking early demos, bringing them to gamers, playing them, testing them with them, and kind of taking that feedback, kind of not being uh, uh, like a, a writer has to know for themselves, this is what I want to write. This is a great book. Nobody can tell me anything else. And I thought that these games companies were much more realistic. Like, let's listen to the consumers. Let's see what they think. Uh, let's improve the product based on that. So I loved that. I also loved working with a small team, creating pretty powerful stuff. Like almost using the screen as a canvas to do whatever you want. Um, and what I liked is uh, kind of my, my entrepreneurial spirit was and it was reawakened there. Um, And I I love being a writer within these small game teams where I was talking to all the members of the team. Sometimes they didn't communicate very well with each other. So nobody really knew from each other what the whole picture was. I, as a writer, I knew the whole picture. And that also put me in a great uh, position to be the marketeer, basically. If I know the story from within, if I'm telling the story of the game, I can also tell the story about the game uh, to the outside world. Uh, so I kind of became uh, this founder kind of person within these studios. And I, I loved that. Then the pivotal moment was uh, one of my novels was published as an ebook, And I was really disappointed by that whole process, by the product. I was like, with with video games, the screen is a canvas that can do anything. We can come up with the craziest ideas. And it's all possible, even if you're working with three, four people. And, and this ebook was just a poor version trying to replicate the paper book. It wasn't even doing that very well. It was doing nothing with the new possibilities. And it was a poor version of the paper book. Like, uh, everybody should just read the paper book because that's just a lot better. This was before audiobooks. And I think there's a good point to be made. Like audiobooks are a version of the book that is more suited to the phone. It's a very different way of doing it, but it's very suited to that platform. Um, and this ebook was just missing the point. So for me, a light bulb went on, uh, and I st- kind of started digging into this as a research project at first, uh, talking to people from the industries, like like publishers, authors. Uh, I got really into reading research as well, like all the scientific research that there is about reading. Got really into it, like re- really deep into why are things the way they are, how what actually happens in your brain when you read, how is that different when you're, when you're reading from a screen compared to paper. Uh, and I was having a lot of fun. Like every day I would make a new discovery and I would be like, oh, but here's a puzzle piece. And there have been a lot of startups in the publishing scene trying to reinvent the book, so to speak. Uh, they have mostly failed. Uh, I think the status quo of digital reading of ebooks has been the same since the introduction of Kindle in 2007. Nothing has really changed uh, on that side. Uh, audiobooks are a different story. And I started kind of putting together the solution of like what everybody has been working on all that time, how can we create something out of that that is really significantly better and that does update reading for uh, this new age, this this smartphone age that we all live in? How can we make reading more like a smartphone activity? How can we make it fit more with like yeah, the people that we are today with the attention spans of today, with the, the media tastes uh, of today? And it took a while, but uh, in 2020, so that's three years ago, I co-founded Immer uh, together with uh, Leonard, my, my the technical co-founder of the company, and uh, we haven't looked uh, looked back.
0: Mm-hmm. I see that 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 is, so to say, the main theme of your company to make reading suitable for the digital age. Speaking about tablets. Um, Smartphones. phones. Um, I have not seen anybody crazy enough trying to make reading on smart watches viable, but maybe there's someone in the future. Actually, I went onto your website and there is a survey where you can actually see some of the ideas you guys are following, for example, Getting the ebook into snippets for like 10 minutes reading, or just uh, do it like this, do it like that. You ask a lot of very interesting questions. Um, may I ask how many respondents did you already have? Because since today, it's just one more. <laughs>
1: uh, it should be about a, a, a thousand and one now, then. Uh, yeah. We, we did a, a proof of concept app in the Netherlands, uh, we launched that uh, two and a half years ago. And we had about 10,000 users for that. And it was very educational. Uh, Like we had a lot of uh, hypotheses that were either proven or disproven and gave us a lot of input for the steps that we're taking now. And what you saw is the early access of this new uh, version of our technology. Uh, And actually, we decided that we won't be, at least for now, releasing... The Immer app that is the uh, uh, Immer experience, basically. Uh, we decided our strength is these designs, the solutions, the technology behind it, and we will be providing that to uh, B2B partners. Uh, essentially, before, uh, if we were to go the B2C route, uh, we would have to go up against Amazon, uh, Kobo, uh, Tolino, those kinds of players. Mm-hmm. Um, while at, which is super hard, while at the same time we are doing things that they are all not doing. So essentially by choosing this path all these competitors become potential customers for us and we can help them make their reading experience better and that makes it for us a lot easier to reach readers uh, much more easily at a much larger scale and also in different situations. So and now we're just talking about reading platforms book sellers maybe there's they sell subscriptions uh, with access to ebooks um but a lot of people read books uh, from the library or they read books in an educational setting mm-hmm. uh or they read uh, uh, for example uh, you have a lot of these uh, professional professional publishers who uh Uh, are in direct contact with uh, specific professions. Uh, For example, legal publishers who Mm -hmm. uh, publish material for lawyers uh, to read up on the the legal field. For all these situations, uh, we can make a a much better reading experience no matter why people read or where they read. And actually, it might be expanded a little bit further uh, because we have a solution that works for any long-form text no matter where you read long form text, it might also be like governments where they deal a lot with long uh, documents. So it's kind of a technological perspective of people have to read or they want to read. They are doing it on the phones more and more, which is obvious. eh? Uh, uh, 83% of the world population has a smartphone now. 87% of the world population is literate. They can read. Uh, So more and more, they're doing it on the phone and No matter why they read, what they read, we are making it a much better experience with, of course, the promise that if you read better, if it's nicer to read, if it's more productive to read, they will do it more often. They will read for longer. They will buy more books. They will buy more subscriptions. Um, And we've we've already proven a lot of that, right? Uh, We've been in some uh, university studies. Uh, We've won some prizes with our early work. You, ma- you mentioned, of course, uh, Content Shift. We were f- won first prize there, but also in the Netherlands with uh, Renew the Book, which is like the, the Dutch uh, Content Shift, also from the Dutch uh, publishing industry. We also won uh, first place, but that was uh, 2021 uh, already.
0: Mm-hmm. I many, many things right now going through my head. I would say you guys basically developed a software. In its core, it's breaking down text into better digestible pieces for different purposes, like simpler reading, easier reading, paste reading, whatever, that it's easier digestible. Would that be uh, right? Uh,
1: that's certainly part of it. Yeah. I, and I mean, I can talk about this for hours. Uh, I, I won't do that to you, not completely. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, if you want to re- make reading more phone-like, uh, make it more like uh, a current-day media activity, that means that it has to be ubiquitous and quick, and you have to be able to do it anywhere in shorter bits. Uh, so we break up books into those portions that you mentioned, but also sessions that take, for example, 10 or 15 minutes, and you just know that uh, you'll get to a good ending. Uh, it's also uh, more attractive, and it looks better. Uh, it's more enjoyable Uh, we we do this thing of trying to make it more valuable as well Mm -hmm. so for example after one of those sessions we give you a summary of what you just read Mm -hmm. so the idea is uh, there's there's good scientific evidence that if you read from a screen you uh, comprehend understand remember uh, less of it about 15 Mm percent and by having this moment after a session where you step aside and reflect on what you just read. That's kind of a hook to help you with that comprehension process. So uh, it's these kinds of solutions, design tools, uh, sometimes quite uh, technically complicated things that we build upon this reading experience. We don't change the book. We don't change the text. The text is holy. Uh, As a writer, I know how much effort is spent on those books how much uh, a publisher, that's actually something that publishers are great at, like putting every dot, every comma at the right position, like making something beautiful out of the text. They put so much attention into that. So we don't change anything about the text, but we do build all these kinds of tools upon it. So um, technically speaking, like very briefly, there's two parts to our solution. One lives on, on the server in the backend, and it's kind, we, we call it the semantic engine. Uh, our customers, they input text files, EPUBs, PDFs, any kind of text file. They just load them up. It can be catalogs of thousands, hundreds of thousands of books at the same time. And in the backend, we process them. We use, uh, some uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence stuff there to understand the books from within. Um, it's, uh, it's something that we're actively working on to do more exciting stuff with. But uh, we understand the structure of the book. We understand how complex is this book so we can recommend it to the right kind of readers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even understand like the genre and the topics of the text. That's kind of chat GTP, but without putting all the text in one amorphous blob and instead keeping the text and building all these useful tools on top of it with similar technology. Um that outputs bits of text to the SDK that's on the client side. And because of all that processing, we can much more easily do all the kinds of things that I was just talking about. So it's kind of processing, understanding books on the back end, and then on the front end, displaying books uh, flexibly, which also means, for example, that Uh, An experienced reader can get a different reading experience compared to somebody who doesn't often read. And we're really flexible in that Uh, this goes way beyond setting the font size or setting the type of font. It's even stuff like uh, taking a long text and taking each sentence separately, showing it separately on the screen to help somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience reading and really guiding them through that. Somebody called it. Uh, you put you put text on a pedestal, which is really like the, the sense that we go for. And you get this bit of text. You only have to tap. Uh, we really look into the the UI uh, design, the ergonomics of uh, of reading. You just have to tap. You go to the next bit of text. There's a really smooth, nice animation. We can do stuff with uh, subtle back- background colors, subtle background audio to help you ease into the reading. Um, so yeah, the, the sky is really the limit with the kinds of things that we can do on the client side to present a text as well as possible, depending on the kind of reader, depending on the kind of book, thanks to that background processing of, uh, of text.
0: Um, my understanding is it's right now, independent of the language, the book, the periodical, the magazine is in right.
1: I mean, I'm sure you'll understand, like, we're in, in active development. Uh, we're a small startup team. It's working pretty well for Dutch and English. We did some amount of testing with German. Looks pretty good. Um, it, it, it Fundamentally, architecturally, it's, it's language independent. But, of course, for each language, there will be some work to get it up to the level where we need it to be. And this is actually also something where the B2B uh, approach is really helpful because this means that we'll be working actively uh, with customers in different countries, and they will, of course, have a part in uh, setting the expectations, uh, describing the needs, uh, working with us on specific language uh, issues. Uh, So, for example, we're working with this uh, Austrian legal publisher, Uh, They'll be great in helping us get this German version in shape. Uh, And we're working with this uh, Italian uh, book distributor where we're making a romance uh, app. Uh, They will be very helpful in getting this Italian romance app just at the level where it needs to be. Mm -hmm.
0: I see. Um, When you've been talking about what you can do with your app, um, with with the tool in other apps would be the right way to say it. Um, I was the first thing that came to mind is, huh, I wish I had this at in university and college. Basically, to, for four books where you have to study, where you have to learn. What comes to mind is um, is uh, the book Investments, Budikansiv, and stuff like that. Uh, we really have to work through. That. Is that something you're working on to make it easier for high school, university, college students to really learn, or would that be? a possible approach in the future?
1: It's definitely uh, an intended approach, right? Uh, So, like I said, this is also a way to make something that ends up in schools, that helps students uh, study. Uh, It is, I think, a fundamental question of how do you uh, teach something in the best way uh, to people? Uh, Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of uh, movement in the field of uh, video courses, things like that. I think an interesting... Other startup in the field of books and bringing them to people in a more current day way is uh, Blinkist, uh, the German startup. Mm-hmm. They offer uh, summaries of books, and I think it's it's a very uh, good example to also contrast with what we are doing. And uh, I think key to learning is having these different entrance levels, like right if you want to, a summary that's great to have a summary if you want to listen to the audiobook version while you're doing something else that's great probably means that you won't have like the hundred percent deep experience but you get a great impression of the book but so but sometimes you want to go into the text think about it study it go back a bit uh, think about it almost like this meditation on the page uh, thinking mm-hmm. about what you're reading Really taking the time, taking notes, uh, retrieving the notes later on, uh, and and this is the experience that we can deliver with Immer. Both having this full text experience in a way that suits the phone, mm-hmm. giving great tools to to make uh, annotations. That's another thing that we've been working hard on. Uh, some of the people we talk to don't even know they can make annotations uh, in their ebook app. Uh, people uh, are scared to death of making notes in their paper book. Uh, it's so expensive. It's so pretty. I'm not going to write in it. Um, and um, at the same time, uh, we can do all those things and at the same time give a summary as well when you need it without doing away with the original text. While something like Blinkist, they are just the summaries. And I think that leads to kind of a very narrow version of the information. There's this, this thing you always hear where when people are uh, reading these business books or self-help books and they say, oh, it's really a limited uh, uh, narrative that this author has. They have just one message. If you read the first chapter, you know everything. You don't have to read the, the rest of the book. And this is true to some extent. But my perspective is I read a business book because i'm trying to learn something about uh, my startup the the process i'm going through and yes i understand most of what the author is is getting at in the first chapter but the key is not understanding the concept it's reading the rest of the book uh, thinking about how it applies to my situation sometimes i'm going through things a little bit more quickly sometimes i'm really thinking of oh, this is an interesting perspective when applied to my situation. So, so a book is not just a passive consumable medium that you just uh, 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 ingest and, and are done with. It's, it's like a thinking tool. It's a tool that helps you think about the situation you're in, right? in, the, in, in, in with a business book that helps you improve your company or when you're reading a novel, thinking about big life questions Uh, philosophical questions. Uh, So it goes beyond just consuming and it is actively thinking about uh, something.
0: Mm -hmm. I see. So it it sounds like it's, it's a very good, very good tool to process the information of um, business books, specific books, uh, books, specific to your trade and study and stuff like that. I also had.
1: For for us, yep. this is a this is like uh, the result of thinking of what do books do? What's great about books? And then, of course, how can we do those things not on paper, but when you're using a phone to do it? And that's probably different than what it is like with paper, uh, but it has the same intended result. Mm-hmm.
0: I see. I um, see. The thing. I also had in mind is that basically what people can already tell from our conversation, but we did not explicitly uh, hit on it, is you guys are currently in the process of getting from a B2C IMMER app to the whatever IMMER tool. So instead of bringing the reading experience to the end client, you want to have your um, tool via SDK API integrated into other tools and apps. And that's what you are currently looking for. And my understanding is it's a decision you made recently to pivot here.
1: Yeah, actually, um, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about uh, content shifts uh, later on. Uh, But when we were in their program, a big part of it was figuring out this pivot. Uh, So uh, we had done all our research. We had done a lot of technological work. We had done some testing uh, with consumers and the question was basically, how do we best bring this to as many readers as possible? Like we're a mission driven company. Uh, We we do want to make a lot of money. We do want to have a big impact uh, in in business terms, but it's about uh, helping people read more with more joy, right? So Mm -hmm. how can we best do that from this situation that we're in? Uh, and that's why we chose for the b2b uh, direction uh, because it allows us to help people in different situations uh, to read more uh, and basically um so we're we're completely in this pivot right now figuring out next steps every day uh, but uh, basically our our ideal customer is you know it's it's not the biggest players Uh, Kobo they have built their own uh, rendering layer they're already Mm -hmm. building their own uh, own app we are doing it differently and a lot better and they probably would love to integrate our stuff but that's a quite challenging technical project and the clients that we are working with uh, they are like smaller to medium-sized organizations that do have a lot of content. They do have a lot of readers. Um, They they are selling books. They are lending out books. They uh, are helping people with those long form texts. But they haven't built their own, maybe some software, but not the part of loading a book on the screen, uh, displaying it. Uh, So they uh, partner with somebody anyways. They maybe are not happy with their current solutions we have something much better that allows for a lot of stuff that, and that's also why they are ideal customers for us. They already know, they've already ran into the problems that we are solving. So they understand when they see our demo, ah, uh, this really solves uh, some, uh, some things. Uh, there have been some attempts, for example, at making, uh, enhanced eBooks. Uh, so, so making specific titles with enriched elements, that's a lot of work, it costs a lot of money. We can take all those existing books and have a much better experience with those books automatically, we've automated it all. So that's uh, 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 why they love what they see when we show them the demo.
0: Mm-hmm. I understand. Um, we now know quite a lot about how passionate you are about uh, what are you are doing, what your tool can do. And um, what kind of um, partners are you looking for? Because you you already mentioned, for example, specifically Blinkist. Um, Can you be a little bit more broad, a little bit more categorized about that so that founders and investors out there listening to this can um, can have this mental click Oh, There would be also something for me or my portfolio companies uh, that I can click by them. What, what, what are you looking for before we get into a little bit more content shift details?
1: Yeah, I, I would say uh, we are looking for uh, partners, customers who are in the business of reading, uh, who are bringing long form text to their end users. Um, uh, we're already working with a couple of them and uh, figuring this out, figuring out how this technology applies to them. I would say that this, this, the coming year is all about doing a couple of pilots like that and really f- focusing on uh, some verticals that have the most promise, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's of course the kind of the, the investment promise of we are trying a few things. We think we know where the scalability might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, One example is uh, we're working with a a big national uh, library, uh, developing a library app together with them. I'm sure you can imagine that if we make a library app for one national library, we can bring that to all the national libraries in the world. So that might be pretty scalable.
0: Or university
1: libraries? University libraries. There's there's a, a lot of examples like that. But at this moment, we are interested in... Uh, In working with a couple of those partners to to just get in, try it, work on it, and see how it is in practice. Mm -hmm. It's always different in practice than when you're trying to theorize what might work, what might scale.
0: Mm -hmm. But when you talk about long form text, we also have newspapers, but what also came to mind is all the apps like medium.com that provide a blogging platform that will also be potential corporation partner for you, as well as all the um, apps out there that try to put together news and stuff like that, make it more readable, make it more adjustable, make it easier consumable?
1: Yeah, I think there are a lot of possible applications. Uh, I do feel, and this is the number one piece of feedback that we get from uh, investors, advisors. uh, It's Really important to keep your focus, to not try to do everything at the same time. Uh, But I think it's two two parts, right? Uh, One is, what are the potential applications in the future? And the other one is, what do we do today? What do we focus on now uh, that is the most likely project, most likely thing that will get us to the next level? Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a lot of experience, for example, with uh, literature, uh, so we really want to make an app that brings novels in a beautiful way to to readers. Uh, we already know so much about that. We want to apply that to the wild. Well, for example, newspaper articles, we've worked with that a little less. So maybe that's further uh, away in the future. Mm
0: Hmm. mm Hmm. mm Hmm. Yeah. What came to mind is something like with longer articles. What I had in mind is The Atlantic, The Economist, and stuff like this. But before we get into that, um, you guys, um, you guys have been to the content shift. Accelerator program. Can you tell us, since we're already recording almost thirty-five minutes here, um, it's on the little bit longer side. And can you give us a like tiny, a brief wrap up how Content Shift was for you, and who, uh, what are the startups, the teams you would recommend to apply there?
1: Um we were kind of the odd one out in this content shift round. Um, we were the only non-German uh, party, uh, but also I think the closest to publishing. Uh, content shift comes from the the German publishing uh, world, uh, uh, booksellers, book publishers uh, working together. And in this case, trying to advance the field, trying to make innovation uh, possible. Um, so, so, I guess for us, it was quite obvious to apply there once we knew that it was possible for non-German companies to apply. Um, I would say that for people who are not in the publishing scene, it is a great way to to get to understand the dynamics of the publishing world. It's a very peculiar, uh, specific uh, industry, I think, uh, with a long history, like a rich and long history, uh, but also some peculiarities uh, that maybe you wouldn't know about if you are not within it. Uh, Lots of talk about revenue sharing models, right? Mm -hmm. These kinds of companies don't often invest outright, but they're very willing to work with you if you uh, allow them to uh, increase their margins, uh, sell to more people. Um, So that's definitely very interesting. Um, I, I would also say that, in the public industry is kind of known for what I basically just said, like being conservative, not being that outgoing, uh, investing in new stuff. Uh, I think if you try to understand them from within, there are possibilities. Uh, so it's definitely worth uh, diving into that, seeing what the options are and not sort of being scared by this, Conservative uh, f- uh, facade that might not be entirely what it seems.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see.
1: And what I loved about the Content Shift program is uh, the jury members are all uh, like high up in the in the value chain of the publishing world. It's not just some uh, young uh, workers that that like to talk with some startups. It's really like the the CEOs uh high level people who really know their stuff uh and gave us some really tough feedback that we were able to incorporate so that was very valuable for us
0: mm-hmm. I just see the slogan uh inside my mind come to content shift get some tough love
1: laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly okay shouldn't um, be afraid of some tough love
0: laugh. <laughs> we are getting towards the end of this interview um the the two usual questions are left Um, My understanding is you're currently funded with an angel round around €600,000. You are raising a pre-seed round, and I would assume since you're raising a pre-seed, you're pretty open to talk to investors, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Most of our investors so far are Dutch. We'd love to uh, get some uh, other flavors uh, on board. What we love about working with a larger group of angels is Everybody has their expertise, right? Uh, Some people worked at big tech companies. Some people had their startups that they sold. Um, Some are great at communications. Others are super deep into the technology side of things. So kind of if we can add more smart people who love this mission that we, we have and can help us bring it to the next level, uh, introducing us to to bigger companies, introducing us in other countries, uh, that is super useful. It's not. It's it is about the money. Yes, we do want your money, but we definitely also want your expertise uh, and your perspective uh, on uh, uh, what we're doing and how we could do it better. I
0: see. Um, in the show notes, you'll also find a link to Medium blog, and on the Medium blog, there is even a link to your pitch deck. And the last question left, are you guys currently hiring?
1: Yes, we are always looking for great engineers who are into reading, like who want to advance the the level of reading and help us revolutionize reading. Uh, also building out our sales operation. So, yeah, those those are two things where we're basically always looking for great people.
0: Great. And everybody who'd like to learn more can go down here in the show notes. There are your social media profiles like Twitter, LinkedIn. There is the website where you find the open jobs at Immer app. And, of course, also the um, playlist where we do have the content shift winners since 2017. Niels? It was a pleasure talking to you. Um, thank you very much. Best of luck and keep us updated what has happened with the pre seed run.
1: Thanks, Joe. I loved uh, talking about it. Hope I didn't go on too long. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of passion here. So um, sorry. <laughs> Not sorry.
0: To- totally fine. Have a great day. Looking forward to have you back in let's say two or three years.
1: All right. Looking forward to that. Have a great day.
0: You too. Bye-bye. That's all folks, find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.